Good to Great by Jim Collins. One sentence summary. Good to Great examines what it takes for ordinary companies to become great and outperform their competitors by analyzing 28 companies over 30 years who managed to make the transition or fell prey to their bad habits. My favorite quote from the author is, by definition, it is not possible to everyone to be above the average. Jim Collins. Another trilogy stands completed on four-minute books. I was shocked to find out that Jim Collins's Built to Last was published in 1994, but instantly understood when I learned how many years of research went into it. That was the book which outlined what helped visionary companies stay visionary over decades. Good to Great is the book that answers the question the previous one raises. How do you become great in the first place? Analyzing 28 companies in three categories, good to great direct comparison and unsustained comparison, over the span of 30 years, Jim and his team looked at which companies went from average or subpar stock market performance to outperforming the stock market by a factor of at least three. The result is a set of strategies, habits and practices which can turn a company from good to great. Here are three of them to give you an idea of what it takes to build something that's world class. 1. Find your hedgehog concept. 2. Only adopt new technology if it helps you reach your goal. 3. Confront nasty facts head on but don't lose hope. Want to go from good to great? There you go. Good to great lesson 1. Find your hedgehog concept. This answers the question, what is the most important aspect of a company that goes from underdog to overachiever? If the lion is the king of the jungle, then the hedgehog is the king of the forest. Yup, you read right, the hedgehog. Why? Because he's got the simplest defense strategy of them all. And in any attack situation, he knows what to do. Curl up and become an untouchable, spiky, rock-like, unbreakable fortress. Clever foxes and snakes can come up with as many cunning strategies as they want. The hedgehog will always react the same, and he'll always come out on top. Jim Collins says companies that go from good to great always figure out their very own hedgehog concept, a strategy they can keep pushing for ages, which will eventually take them to number one. To find your hedgehog concept, you must answer three questions. First question, what can we be the best in the world at? Second question, what can we be passionate about? And third question, what is the key economic indicator we should concentrate on? But no rush. It takes most good to great companies four years to figure it out. So chances are it'll take a while to find yours. Two examples are Zappos who want to create the best customer experience for people buying shoes online and Walgreens, who shoot to be the best, most convenient drugstore with a high per-visit profit. Good to great lesson two. Only adopt new technology if it helps you accelerate your momentum. This answers the question, is it important that my company stays on top of the technology trend curve? Anchor, Musical.ly, Vine, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, all of these are less than 10 years old and there are dozens more. And these are just social networks. We are flooded with an incredible amount of new technology every single year. The question is, how much of it really benefits us? I'm trying to build the best book summary website in the world, and I'm relying on blogging to achieve it, a technology that is considered old by any means at this point.
Of course I experiment with the new stuff, but I don't jump right in and bet all of my money on it. If you're jumping on a new technology just to be a pioneer or because you're afraid you might miss out, you'll have a very hard time aligning it with your actual mission. For example, Walgreens took a 40% share price drop by completely ignoring e-commerce at first. But while competitors rose quickly and disappeared again a year later, they carefully mapped out their online strategy and used it to boost their actual goal of being the best pharmacy store, for example, by offering online prescriptions for pickup in-store. Always be wary of new innovations. Only jump on the bandwagon once you're convinced they help you improve your hedgehog concept. Good to great lesson three. Always confront uncomfortable truths head on, but never lose faith that you'll work it out. This answers the question, what is the most important psychology aspect that goes behind a good to great company? Realistic optimism is another habit good to great companies share. They don't put their head in the sand and ignore the hard facts, but they don't throw their hands up in despair either. When you're just not profitable enough to make it, or your latest marketing campaign sucked, accept it and deal with it. For example, when Procter & Gamble entered the paper goods market, the situation looked pretty bleak for the incumbents Scott Paper and Kimberly Clark. But while Scott Paper gave up the battle before it even began and started to branch out, trying to dominate a few small niches P&G had no business in, Kimberly Clark held a moment of silence for P&G because they knew the big guys were about to lose. Kimberly Clark rallied at this opportunity to compete with one of the big guys. 20 years later, Kimberly Clark not only owned Scott Paper, but also outgunned P&G in six out of eight product categories. As my mom always says, everyone boils their food in the same water. So don't sugarcoat the bad things, but never lose faith in your ability to figure it out. Here's what I learned from Good to Great by Jim Collins. What I would like to do with this book is, first of all, give you a bit of a background on how much time went into it because it's insane. And second, break it down on a more personal level because you might not, you might work at a company and you might want to tell this to your boss or show him or her the book. But then again, you might need something that's a little more personal. Maybe you want to try to start your own business. Maybe you have a startup. It's like a really small company. So we'll try to figure out how you can, what you can take away from the big picture to your own life. First of all, Jim Collins has, I believe, three books out, Built to Last, Good to Great, and which was the third one? Built to Last, Good to Great, and it is another three-word one. Anyways, the point is, I think he only <laughs> took longer with each book he published to research, and I think the longest one was about nine years. So it was, I don't know, six years, eight years, nine years, or something like that. So that's how much time he takes between each of his books. That said, this kind of research phase is not for me. I would want to do more, um, I want to say something like a book a year, I could imagine myself doing, because I'm not that kind of a long-term project guy. <clears throat> but just knowing that, means that everything in this book is backed by a lot of data. So there's a lot of research behind it, a lot of data, a lot of science. So this is not your average 
oh, I found this new thingy, let's try it, it's good for business kind of book, right? It's not a, it's not a, that's why these books have sold so well, millions of copies, and continue to sell so well even today, because everything is super, super propped up on a solid foundation. Okay, let's dive in. The hedgehog concept, I think that's, um, I think my friend Patrick Edblad from Certification, he talked to me about this, and he he was looking for what hedgehog concept you can use with habits, which was an interesting idea, I think. Like, what strategy to change your habits works the best for you and then just keep pushing that and doing that over and over and over again. Um, what, I th- what I'm thinking of when I hear hedgehog concept is what you can do to find something you can really win in, right? Like a business kind of idea. So answering those questions, it's not easy. To be honest, I haven't found my own hedgehog concept 100%. Last year, it was pretty clear. It was publish a summary every day. And that sort of led four-minute books, I want to say, to win. So because it did uh, survive most of the competitors, I've seen other book summary sites come and go within the same year because they just didn't put in the work. I had one summary a day. And... I think if I did it again or if I kept doing it, you know, after three years, I would have over a thousand summaries on the site. But I'm not trying to sort of win this game against Blinkist or some of the bigger competitors in the space, get abstract and so on. That's not what I was trying to do. So I shifted and now I'm writing daily on Quora. So my hedgehog concept keeps changing. I think I have an idea of it that I could bring back to four-minute books. But going into the first question, what can we be the best in the world at? I can't be the best in the world at writing. And I can't be the best in the world, I believe, at book summaries either. What I can, what I could potentially be the best at is writing short book summaries and publishing them on a daily basis, right? So note how specific that is and how little that distinction is to not being the best book summary website. Because maybe the difference between being the best book summary website and being the best book summary website that publishes daily and has really short summaries is very, very small. So it might actually become the biggest book website if I continue to publish daily and make the summaries really short. That actually might happen, right? So, and this ties to another book uh, which I really, really like, which is called The Dip by Seth Godin, because hedgehog concept depends very much on how you define the best and how you define the world. Because if you say, I'm just going to take this narrow space of the internet here, which is the book summary community who likes short summaries that are under 10 minutes, and I'm just going to be the best uh, the best guy serving them by doing what I can do, which is publish daily and make the summaries short. So, that's very subjective, right? So you can narrow it down and that might make finding your hedgehog concept easier. That said, I'm not sure, right? I don't know. Maybe my topic is something else. Maybe my topic is inspiration. Maybe it's my topic is learning from biographies. Maybe it's four-minute posts, 10-minute posts. I don't know, honestly. I've just been writing for three years. Yes, just. And so the important point is to keep going and keep refining it. So... Again, the summary said four years, maybe after another year, I'll have a better idea. What can we be passionate about? Writing. So that part I know, right? I figured that out. But not necessarily what kind of writing I can be the best in the world at. We'll see. And what is the key economic indicator we should concentrate on? That's a good question. Because for, especially if you're blogging or doing something online, there's so many stats you can check. 
it's not even fun. It's ridiculous, and it makes you obsessed and paranoid, and it's not good. What I'm focusing on, one number is email subscribers, um, because that's really important. Obviously, the most important number should be something like dollars and sales and monthly income. But derived from that, you could do something like email subscribers because the number of your contacts that you can reach out to personally, that's important. And also, another thing is maybe something like uh, words written, right? Or that's related to your output or podcast episodes launched, right? Because that's tied only to your output, to your productivity. And it's not necessarily... It's something you can influence, right? It's not good to chase that either because quantity doesn't always mean quality, but in the beginning, I find it really helps. <clears throat> New technology, adopt it only if it helps. So here's a funny thing. You know how you could be really big on Twitter by not never going on Twitter and just continuing with your Instagram channel that's doing well. So, for example, Gary Vaynerchuk, he was really early on Twitter. He had 1.3 million followers, and then it whole, the whole thing stagnated, right? Stagnated. And since October or November 2016, so it's soon going to be a year, back then he had 600,000 followers on Instagram. Now he's got 2 million. So his Instagram completely exploded in the last year. And now, if he on Instagram sends one message or puts something in his story about Twitter and says, follow me on Twitter, he gets, I don't know, 10, 5, 15,000 new Twitter followers. So he's gone and boosted his Twitter, pro his Twitter followers for the first time in, a year, in years by pushing them from his Instagram. So obviously, he won on Twitter or keeps winning on Twitter because he abandoned Twitter, quote-unquote. He's still been posting, but not trying to grow his followers there as much, by focusing on another platform completely. So imagine if you had your sole focus on one technology instead of five or, or ten and not getting anywhere, and then just taking your huge platform that you build in one place and directing that to other places. That's way more powerful, and that's a shortcut not many people see. And then it holds for all other technology, obviously, right? But I think with social media, it's especially important. Because there are so many and it's so hard to stay on top of all of them. Now, last one, realistic optimism. Uh, I really have nothing to add to that because that's really it. I mean, if you don't believe you can figure it out, you might as well not start. I think that belief you have to have. That's something any entrepreneur needs to have. Um, if you don't trust in your ability to figure things out as you go, you won't have a shot at all. So I'm not saying this you can't develop this you can but you have to start and you have to have some belief to start right so it's very tough if you don't have this but i think remembering that everyone even the big guys they just use water to boil their food it's the same everywhere on the planet every person when they go at home they do cooking they use water and basically what it's saying is that yeah some people might have more money some people might have a better pot for example but it's still in the end, water goes inside in the pot if you're trying to boil something. And uh, with business, like creativity goes inside, productivity goes inside. There's so many not money-related things that go into it that you have a shot too. No matter if you're really small or you just have four people and they have 4,000, it doesn't matter, right? It happens all the time. Startups beat big companies. And so you can figure it out too, whatever your challenge is. 
So I hope you learned something from this summary. Um, I hope you were able to take something away in spite of it maybe not being related to a huge company or you maybe not working at a huge company, but still. Um, and I will see you on the next summary.